0: You want to start the, start the, start the thing? Start the podcast?
1: This podcast? No one likes to tune a podcast. The world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. Is that the French, one you're talking
0: about? Like French stank <laughs> on that word. Premier. <laughs> premier?
1: Premier? Mm-hmm. 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 I'm Daryl Wong.
0: I'm Nick Nocera.
1: We just, we're just getting started here on Cycle 24.
0: Getting rolling.
1: Getting rolling on the. Uh, Ride or die podcast? Yeah, Yeah, that's right. The ride or die cycle.
0: No riding or dying in this movie. Well, if you're talking metaphorically, which we are, there Mm. is riding. And, Mm. well, yeah, there's riding. There's not a lot of dying that happens.
1: I think there's only one guy that dies. It's the uh, Mustang that gets crushed (laughs) by the (laughs) 18 wheeler. No, I remember. In in the movie. Yeah. (laughs) He dies very
0: violently. (laughs) True, true. All right. Well, before Uh, we get in. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. 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 sorry,
1: You you go. I was just going to say this watch through, um, the general tone of it is if you watch anything enough times, Everything makes sense.
0: Okay. Let's put a pause on that for two seconds. I Mm -hmm. love where you're going with it. I do need to talk about... We need to talk about an Instagram post. A thing I hate doing (laughs) (laughs) on this bike, You know what I mean? I hate it that this Mm -hmm. is my life. Is like I talk about posts on Instagram. We got a post from Mr. Diesel. Mm Mm-hmm. Big fat smile. Just showcasing those chompers like right off the bat. And leaning on his shoulder is the actress Brie Larson. Mm -hmm. And Vin says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this angel over my shoulder cracking me up. Cracking me up. They're having a laugh as they would say over here. Having a laugh. You say to yourself, that's Captain Marvel. In quotes! <laughs> he said it in quote, He was like, you say to yourself, quote, oh, that's, that's what everybody was going to be thinking. <laughs> that's Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. Duh. Clearly, there's love and laughter in this image. You got that right, Finn. What you don't see, however, is the character you will be introduced to in Fast 10. Which we know, for a fact, will just be named Fast.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Did you forget that piece of trivia? I forgot that. I already <laughs> forgot that on purpose.
0: Yeah. I think. No, it's happening. So uh, he, he made a little typo here. <laughs> <He's>, he <laughs> said introduced to in fast ten, what we know he meant to say this is the character you will be introduced to in fast. <laughs> <laughs> You have no idea how timeless and amazing she will be in our mythology. Important (sighs) line. (laughs) God. Yeah? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Beyond her beauty, her intellect, her Oscar. Ha ha. (laughs) Hey. A thing they should give me. Uh, mm-hmm. is this profound soul who will add something you might not have expected but yearn for. Welcome to the family, Brie. Is this... How many Oscar winners are in the Fast Saga? Or in the Tooniverse?
1: Uh, Can I so, name one? Ellen Muren? Does she have Helen, Oscar?
0: Yep, one. Mm-hmm. By my count, at this, including Mrs. Larson, I think four. Mm Mm-hmm. Can you name them? But I got to double check
1: that. Uh Uh-huh. Um. I don't know who else besides that would get one. Charlize?
0: Um. Charlize, yes. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's three actually. You got Okay. You got him. and Bree Larson and Charlies.
1: Mm-hmm. I thought
0: Kurt might have one. Doesn't oh. turn out no. Turns out huh. no Oscar for Kurt, which is uh. kinda of bullshit.
1: Kinda of bullshit. He's in, yeah, he's been in the industry for a long time. What do you think of his catalog? Well, he's Probably definitely should
0: have heard of something. Uh, wh- like which movie? Mm-hmm. It's hard to say it's hard to pick one out. I mean, I see why he sort of doesn't have one. It's because mm-hmm. he's been an action guy his whole career.
1: Yeah. You
0: know? Hard to say, man. Anyway.
1: Yeah. I don't think Vin is ever gonna get one. I think he's going no. for a um a, a lifetime achievement, like honorable mention type of thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Way yeah. Not an honor. You
0: get a real Oscar for a lifetime achievement. Oh, yeah. That's a real award. But they should give it to him now. Is what, <laughs> He's achieved <laughs> enough. So I did have this thought, like, you know who Orson Welles is? Mm-hmm. Um, Orson Welles is director, famously, of... Um, Many movies, including the one I'm blanking on, Citizen Kane, obviously. Uh, widely considered by many to be the greatest movie ever made. He's also an actor. He was like a charismatic, interesting, sort of like kind of crazy, very self-involved, um, you know, improvioso, who who loved to grab... Um, young um interesting beautiful popular young women and put them in his movies you know as sort of a way to boost boost them up and um you know sort of collected stars and and really like launched hollywood into a new age right of this sort of um Arteur, you know he wasn't the first like Arteur, but uh he was an early one mm-hmm. um and Vin, like, is riding down that line for me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I think Orson Welles is, like, a good comparison.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: Even though Vin isn't, like, a writer and he's not a director <laughs> at all, he is, like, a creative voice behind, like, his work. Yeah, and, and and the fact that he just like likes collecting these people and putting he's like yeah why would like you know what I mean like there was an article a few months ago this obviously hmm. stemmed from the fact that there was an article a few months ago where Brie Larson was giving an interview and she was like oh my god I would love to be in a Fast and Furious movie and he was like I'm getting on own phone right now <laughs> <laughs> you know uh-huh. <laughs> like, how would you like to be in Fast Ten titled Fast.
1: How would you like to be in fast? It's like did the phone cut out? What's it going to be called again?
0: (laughs) It's like the Zoom has shitty Wi-Fi. Uh I like to fast. (laughs) Fast what? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So who? um, Excited for Brie. Excited to see what she brings to the table. I don't know what she's gonna play, young Saifi.
1: Oh, young Saifi! I was trying to think: good side or bad side? There's no in between. There's
0: no. Well, obviously, there's no room for moral gray areas in
1: this. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> I think she yeah. has to. I think she has to play bad guy. We have too I think many she, good guys in these
0: movies. There's too many. We need to even the sides, right? Mm-hmm. She's got to play a bad guy. I don't think she's playing young Cypher. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
1: and I hope after an announcement of this, plus an Oscar call-out, that she doesn't play a side role. It's not a cameo. It's not a um, cameo appearance. Right, right, (laughs) Right, 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 right. No, exactly. Like, I mean, you could see the
0: thing is, it's so this is why Vin is so hard to read is because like everything he does is on the same level. If this was the announcement announcing Cardi B being in F9, the Fast Saga, it would be the same mm-hmm. level of, like, excitement, gratitude, love. Like, every, the post mm-hmm. would be almost word for word the same. Except maybe this my angel. Oscar. Right. This angel <laughs> on my shoulder, Cardi B. Right? And can't wait to show you the character she's going to bring to F9 when it's like, oh, the character is like Cardi B in a van. Right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... Um, It's definitely possible that Brie, like, shows up for a second and is like,
1: yeah, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Any any final thoughts on his continued use of the mythology term? I mean, this
0: is – it's great. I think it's good. (laughs) This is what I'm saying. They should give him an honorary Oscar now. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's created such a rich diverse and complex <laughs> mythology it blows our like human minds out of the water
1: yeah it has the earworm effect earworm effect that a um like a successful Super Bowl commercial does like in the repetition of a misplaced word it only strengthens the <laughs> I think,
0: I think <laughs> mnemonic device it. exactly if he if he says it enough I think he'll I think he's like, people will believe it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> if I say mythology enough, people will start in their minds to like frame the Fast Saga as like a, an entire mythology. hmm So, I think that's maybe his goal. That's what he thinks about, you know, looking at his legacy. Mm-hmm. Because like, honestly, after 11, he'll probably produce whatever they do next. Mm-hmm. You know, in some capacity, but that's it for him. Kind of. Like I don't see him getting I in, in for maybe like twenty years, is it the, or like fifteen years? You know, like I don't see him getting like meaty leading man roles anymore. Mm-hmm. After this,
1: he's got to cool off after Furious.
0: You got to wait till he's like old and the nostalgia vibe is strong. And they're like, Let's, we're bringing him back. Mm-hmm. Now he's playing like an old gangster or something, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Clint Eastwood. He, he, yeah, kind of like the Clint Eastwood Let's trajectory. hope not, actually. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope not. Maybe actually. He'll, maybe he'll take that direct, direct.
0: maybe he'll become a director.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Huh. But hopefully more Clint in his 70s kind of director versus Clint in his 90s kind of director. <laughs>
1: Right,
0: right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, As far as acting capacity, I want to recognize again that Tyrese Gibson has excellent timing. All right? it's In this movie, it's almost Shakespearean, where it's dramatic, but it's not transparent. And I use transparent in a sense that, like, it's not... Obvious that he's acting in a movie. In fact, it seems like he's almost, like, acting on a plane that's, like, parallel to the movie that as it was written, but complementary. Right. And, like, Vin is always in it. In it almost too much, really. Into the role and into the movie, such that it carries you to Paul his actual... Are talking about Paul in this
0: movie, or are you talking about Vin in the franchise in general?
1: Vin in the franchise, okay. generally. Yeah. And, I mean, Paul is, you know... Not acting. He's playing himself in these movies.
0: Yeah. I mean, the yeah. moments he... Yeah. Okay. Fair.
1: Yeah. True. Yeah. And then, you know, somebody like The Rock in the franchise really was never in the movie to begin with. No. He's playing himself. He's
0: in another universe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to recognize Tyrese in this movie as giving it sort of a flavor that was, that cannot be delivered by anybody else. It is.
0: I I mean, I totally agree. And I, the thing I think that really helps Tyrese in this movie is John Singleton, who's a guy he really trusts and worked with a lot, directed Mm -hmm. it and, you know, can like, let him be that sort of outlandish, charismatic, sort of different personality to the fast and furious originally, but also making sure it's still centered and like, um, you know, believable within the world of the, of the movie. Mm -hmm. And I think he works really well. I think there's times in this series, he doesn't work as well as this movie, but I think this movie, he does a good job and, and works his, his shtick is, is got it going on. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, um, this movie is good. Like, I just want G period, O period, O period, D period. hmm Right? I just need that acknowledged. This might be my favorite of the series. I'm like, my, I might have come around to your, like, the dark side.
1: Excellent. This movie is so good.
0: <laughs> I don't know how to deal with it. But, okay. Um... Yeah, I mean, I don't have a lot of stuff. I have like nitpicky stuff, which is obviously we try to get away from. But mm-hmm. um, there's two or three things I'd love to mention. Ava, she is mentioned that I've got an agent working in travel and logistics for Verone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I get that she's a couple of things with that. <laughs> That makes sense for an informant to be in that division of Varone's company, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of logistics of moving his cash from one place to another, you'd be in the know. The problem is she's actually not in the know. She thinks it's all going to an airstrip. Mm -hmm. And I think the whole airstrip thing is her fault. That she's, like, planned it to go to the airstrip. She's coordinated all the money going to the airstrip. And then Varone. I, the thing that's not clear is, like, did Verone suspect her and then moved it? Or is he, like, doubling back? You think he suspected her?
1: All right. Moved yeah. the plan. So, mm-hmm. so I also have a Monica Fuentes okay. take on this movie. Let's do it. All right. So the 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 theme here is that there comes to a point when working as an undercover cop where the job itself and what you're trying to accomplish is no longer, like, good enough. And you're like, fuck this shit. It's too dangerous. I'm going to die here. I got to go. Yeah. And this movie is about Monica Fuentes. And I think early on, right, she's presented as... And we are introduced to her character from Markham, who, you know, sets it up, and we're seeing it kind of through Brian and Roman's perspective, where it seems like... She's maybe lost. Monica's lost. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's potentially too deep. But I think the story is actually meant, if we if we look at it from Monica Fuente's side, mm-hmm. she's deep and she's undercover and she's actually very much in control of the situation and is deeply in tune with what Verone is doing, what he's going to do next. And she's actively bringing in people to she, kind of close right, everything she's out. She's
0: planning all this stuff. Basically. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So she's in there and she's orchestrating. And I think one of the things that she's maybe doesn't... to
0: orchestrate her escape from Varun, mm-hmm. basically.
1: So I think one of the scenes that maybe doesn't translate exactly the drama of the situation is at the Pearl at Midnight. Okay, they do the rat thing. <laughs>
0: is it the Pearl, or is it the Pearl at Midnight? Do we know at this point?
1: I think the place is called the Pearl at Midnight, and so. then there's an address. <laughs> I like,
0: I, I think so too. And a time, like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Can you imagine Brian showing up at twelve o'clock and being like, "You're like, you're four hours late, dude. You're, like, you're two hours late." <laughs> Eight o'clock at the Pearl at Midnight. <laughs> at pearl That's, we midnight. gave you the
1: instructions. She anyway. should really
0: clear if her job is logistics. Part of that job is to make clear what things are.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: You got to make clear if it's the pearl at midnight or the pearl, and you're meeting there at midnight, <laughs> anyway.
1: Okay, so the pearl at midnight is actually much more, much a, a very important scene for Monica Fuentes. Yeah. Right? she's yeah. in control of the situations, she's running the operation which is coming to a climax close but she is not expected that or she did not anticipate that the whole rat thing was going to happen and that whole experience plus immediately afterwards it always sort of struck it, it always struck kind of weird it had like very weird like sexy violent vibes where Varone like gives yeah like basically forces himself to kiss her and then tells her, "Right, touch another man, I'll kill you. Right. And I think that's a very important point for Quintus because that's where she's like, hey, I'm in control of the situation. This has been a job sort of thing, but now he's actually probably going to, yeah, he's going to kill me like now time. Yeah. I think that's reinforced because like immediately the next scene is when following following morning she shows up in Brian's um, houseboat and I think you know it's easy to watch that scene as like, "Oh, because we're watching it through Brian and Roman's eyes." It's just like, "Oh, like she's here because she likes Brian, she wants right. to come and like save his life, but right. really, she's there because she's identified that the like uh, the mission has been compromised, she's been mm-hmm. compromised, and she needs to actively work to get out of there
0: right. I agree, I'm not, I agree, I think your theory is good and sound. Here's where maybe I would say I had some different thoughts about it, a little bit. Mm -hmm. I think she's trying to get out from the beginning. I think, like, when we, the minute we meet Monica, like, at the drag race, Mm -hmm. her, like, this is the launching point for her 32-point plan to get the, fuck out of Varone's operation right mm-hmm. like finally like we're gonna get Varone, we're gonna get it the fuck out of here mm-hmm. what the piece i'm missing in my theory on that is like so like all of these little pieces that lead up the, the race these guys the things you know and and that's what i kind of like about this is that the movie is about her and her plan to get out if brian if our two lead heroes brian and um and Rome hadn't won that race, her plan's still intact with two other Mm -hmm. fucking Jablonies who, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. They're they're like, literally, the driving part is all, like, that's it. They don't give a Mm -hmm. shit. So I do think her coming to Brian saying they're going to kill you is sort of like her having an affinity for this guy that we have an affinity for. Mm -hmm. You know? Because, like, at the end of the day, if it was um, John... (laughs) What's his name?
1: Tiempo. Pensatiempo. Tiempo. Sentatiempo. Sentatiempo. Thank Senta Tiempo. Senta you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew
0: it was a C. Yeah, yeah. John Sentatiempo, she wouldn't give a fuck. She wouldn't be at John Sentatiempo's houseboat warning him. She'd be like, yeah, whatever. He gets killed. He gets killed. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Okay. The part that I'm missing is where
1: she slips. So I think that is right at the Pearl of Midnight. Because she doesn't, you know, she doesn't get close with anybody else who is uh, either part of Barone's operation and she doesn't otherwise give signs I think that that's right. I think
0: I think it's when she's f- flirting with Brian. Let's be real mm-hmm. about it. She's flirting with, uh, with Brian O'Connor and he's looking over and he realizes what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. But he also thinks, like, I need to get my money out of here. So if I can double-cross her, kill her, and kill these people, maybe maybe they weren't even going to kill him in general. Maybe it's that he yeah. knows Brian is sort of cop-connect cop-adjacent. And so once he's on the drive to a place that the cops have no idea where it is, it's definitely not going to be an airstrip, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. I'll just kill him. I'll kill her. I'll get the fuck out of here.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: So I think I think that's it. I think that she or this whole thing is to like her plan and then Verone sort of subverting that plan to get her out. And luckily things, because of like Brian and Rome's ingenuity and skill, things worked mm-hmm.
1: out okay. I think the only, the final component to this, which mm-hmm. I think is, needs to be considered, is that Agent Markham, Is not interested in the is is more interested in completing the job than he is the well-being of the agents involved. Sure. And that's obvious in the way that he interacts with Brian in Rome. But I think that also has a strong uh, effect on Fuentes in that, like to a certain extent, he's applying pressure for her to finish the job. In favor of protecting her actual safety.
0: I I agree. I think she does realize that. I think for a certain point, like that comes with the territory, comes Mm -hmm. with the job. But I also think like he does defend her at certain points. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that's entirely, it's entirely lopsided. You know, I think that relationship is complex. Mm -hmm. Basically. Um, He defends her to Bilkin's, when Bilkin's like, we're not sure, you know, what size she's, she's on. Yeah. He's like, yo, you think she's flipped? He's like, she hasn't flipped. She's solid. She's she's mm-hmm. my she's my agent. I know her. Mm-hmm. So Markham does, you know, he does that sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, good movie. Good, good movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out. Then,
1: yeah. Well, to circle back to where I started, it's one of those things where the more you watch it, the more everything starts to fit together,
0: it totally that's totally true, and it took us only twenty four times. <laughs> so get cracking, boys mm-hmm. and girls. Um, did you notice Brian? Ever notice Brian's little Ferrari line? Because nice Ferrari got in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Okay, so that's definitely a call to like the whatever. Like the, obviously they're picking it out of the Ferrari in the mm-hmm. thing. But it, I think it's also a little callback to the first movie when Definitely. our man Neil Moritz is drag racing him. And uh, he's like, Ferrari, pal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> More than you can afford. <laughs> that was a pretty Smoke good deal. That was, a pretty yeah. good I, I, I was pretty good I, That was pretty good. So there's that. I picked up on that. And then... Yeah, just the local PD fuck, kind of fuck everything up in the end. They fuck up (laughs) Mm -hmm. every everything in like the beginning, middle, and end. It's like Mm -hmm. the local PD are the problem. Obviously, customs and FBI are working together because they can trust each other, but they can't trust the local PD because they're all crooked. They can't Mm -hmm. let them in in the plan, but. You know, so they're trying to discern what the local PD are going to do. They think they're going to get this 15-minute window from the, you know, the rat guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. Whatever. That guy sucks. He had rats on his stomach. That's unfortunate. But now we know we're going to have this 15-minute window. Ultimately, obviously, that's crooked. But it's good Mm -hmm. for us because we're trying to take down Verone. And that's going to help us sort of entrap him at the airport. Mm-hmm. Let's go with that thinking for now. But then he like has a moral fucking quandary. Calls off the fifteen minute window. Says go get him and fucking starts shooting at you know Brian O'Connor Rome.
1: Right
0: when or chasing after them when they're like um, thought they had a fifteen minute window to go. So like mm-hmm. they're fucking up on both sides of the thing. They're crooked <laughs> by giving them the fifteen minute window, <laughs> but then like their moral reckoning is screwing up their whole entire operation. It's like right. pick. Pick one way and stick to it, local people mm-hmm. is basically mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just do what you say you're going to do.
1: Right, yeah. right. Stay consistent and uh, be predictable. Yeah. But no, that's too much to ask.
0: Yeah. Um. Speaking of consistency and predictability, do you want to talk about some brands or some oh. products? <laughs>
1: Sure. Do you have anything do. else
0: too fast you need to touch on?
1: I do not. Great. Got out my good ones for the week here.
0: Let's do some shout outs. Uh I'll shout out first. Okay. Daryl, what's the um what's the greatest uh sport ever devised by mankind?
1: <laughs> hmm. Uh can you give me a hint in terms of the is it a ball sport?
0: Oh, it is a ball sport.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: is a ball sport. I'll give you that.
1: I'll okay. Give you that. Yeah. Okay. Indoor or outdoor?
0: Outdoor mostly, but sometimes mixed. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which is a confusing hint, but remains true.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do you wear a helmet?
0: You do wear a helmet <laughs> when you're playing offense.
1: Mm hmm. I see. I see. I think we've narrowed it down. To yeah, is there? I think there's only one sport that has a um, indoor and outdoor, and you. I think that's the only sport you play with a helmet, only on offense.
0: Yeah, I think so. You want to name it? It's baseball, baseball, baby <laughs> It's back. That's all I got to shout out to. Mm-hmm. My life is bifurcated between two modes: baseball season and not baseball season. Mm-hmm. Baseball season, I sit down every day and watch four and a half hours of baseball. And that's just part of my day, right? <laughs> I go to work, I come home, seven o'clock, I watch a baseball game. Mm-hmm. The whole thing, I eat dinner while I'm watching it, I go to bed. And then if I'm in New Zealand, I watch it while I'm working at my desk, because mm-hmm. it's a little mm-hmm. earlier in the day. That's it. Non baseball season, I'm lost in the wilderness I have with nothing to do. <laughs> And the greedy fucking owners in the MLB almost fucked this up for me this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. They had a whole lockout during the offseason and pushed the start of baseball a week and potentially pushed it. We're going to push it months more because they wanted to extract more money from players, which uh, was ridiculous. So, mm. luckily, all those contracts got signed, those bargaining agreements got agreed upon. We got baseball back, and boy, am I ever glad for it!
1: Mm-hmm. That's it. Uh, when you think about baseball, what mm-hmm. do you think? Like, is the most like satisfying part of it? Is it the drama of sport? No, it's is the it the weird- pure athleticism? It's that baseball is
0: a weird fucking sport where weird mm-hmm. shit happens, and I think that's good, right? Yeah. Um, it's very bizarre that half of the teams in the league in, in the major league baseball have their pitchers hit in rotation and half of them do not. Mm-hmm. That's weird. It's weird, right? Infield fly w- rule makes sense, but it's weird. Um like it's just a it's just like weird, dumb shit happens in every single game. There are 162 games. Per team. hmm Per year. And in every single one of them, something fucking weird happens. Yeah. You know? That's why I love it. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, are there any like meaningful rule changes that happen? Or pitchcom going on? Pitchcom sucks. Oh, yeah, what is that?
0: Yeah, we don't like it. <laughs> okay. So pitchcom is a small device that catchers have and a lot of them have been strapping it to their knee so they can operate Mm -hmm. it and like cover it with their gloved hand um and it basically you can push a button and there's a like audio transmitter in the in the pitcher's hat where they can hear like you know they're like they're like it can be like curveball low and inside you know what i mean like they can they can they tell them what the pitch should be and where it should be placed Uh uh-huh um that uh sucks because what well part of it is it's like they used to have to use their fingers and those fingers would be in sequences and you wouldn't quite know what those sequences are usually and sometimes teams would try to figure those sequences out and have a runner who's on second base code breaker right (laughs) transmit that shit to (laughs) the batter and like that's fucking fun <laughs> like yeah. you know if you ain't cheating you ain't trying is mm-hmm. what i is what mm-hmm. like uh, a saying i like to use about baseball and now it's like they can't it's like it, the system is cheating by making mm. it uncheatable which i think mm-hmm. is kind of bullshit basically you know mm-hmm. um so we don't like pitch comp. the only other thing about pitch comp is if you're gonna have it if you're going to foist this on the league and foist this on the viewers of baseball, let us listen to it.
1: Like, yeah. Put the
0: broadcast through.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what
0: I mean? Put that through. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, just pop it on the broadcast.
1: <laughs> let, let everybody know who isn't the hitter. As everybody. Long, everybody else can know well, it, as long you as le- you
0: are not supposed to have electronic devices in the dugout. So I get, like, uh-huh. you, you know, okay, you, you okay. can't be in the dugout and tune it into the feed. But uh-huh. everybody else... <laughs> Just give us the pitch comp. (laughs) You know? Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree.
0: I I think that would be fun. (laughs) And then you could, like, know the sequence. You could know. I just think it would be, like, interesting to know what the pitches are. Because a lot of times it's it's hard to tell. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a master pitch breakdowner. Like, it's hard to tell between, like, a slider and a sinker sometimes. You know, and it's a lot to do with, like, the way it spins and the way, like, it's released. And sometimes the two pitches can behave in exactly the same way, but at different rates, which is really hard to tell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, if you just heard it, you know what fucking pitch is coming up. It'd be great.
1: <laughs> it's more entertaining for everybody, yeah. for all the viewers.
0: I don't know. We could try it out. <laughs> I just, I, I just want to know, man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway. It'd be good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I like it, too. I like <laughs> <Okay>. it, <too. laughs> You know what? Even put it on a, throw it on a premium.
1: Yeah.
0: MLB, you greedy fucks, throw it on a premium. <laughs> I'll pay five bucks a month for fucking Pitchcom feed.
1: <laughs> That'd be so sweet.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, it'd be awesome. Anyway, that's my, uh, I'm a shout out to baseball and anti-shout out to Pitchcom. I'm against it, but I'm for baseball. That's it mm-hmm. for me.
1: Got it, got it. Um, I'm giving a shout out this week. Mm. Um, I mean, first off, you know, I've, I generally have shouted out Craigslist before, but Craigslist is truly the people's platform. All right. Yeah. It exceeds at business and it's, it's, it succeeds at classifieds and connect, connecting people in a way that, um, Facebook fails grotesquely.
0: Yeah. Without looking it up on Wikipedia, answer me one question. Mm hmm. Is Craig alive?
1: I think yes. <laughs>
0: All right. Good to know. I don't know. I, I don't Craig,
1: know. Yeah, I'm thinking Craig is alive, and I'm thinking Craig is alive and living in San Francisco.
0: I think Craig, after failing to monetize his list in, like, such a significant <laughs> way throughout the past 25 years, is, uh-huh. like, really beating himself in the ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank you, Craig, for your contribution. But to, that, uh, that's community. why it
0: remains the people's list. Okay, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. why it remains the people's list.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I'm giving a shout out this week via Craigslist because I bought a car.
0: Mm, more Craigies. <laughs>
1: you bought a for Craigslist Craig. car. Yo, I'm very I, proud of you. Thank you, thank you. And like I said, I've had great success with Craigslist, both buying, yeah, buying and selling. I've gotten great roommates And I may have even gotten Like jobs and stuff at some point So like huge shout out Craigslist is great Ebay's pretty sweet too but like mostly Craigslist Yeah But So uh, the car that has now That is now succeeding The uh, Tiguan Is a 2004 Subaru Forester Oh Turbo
0: Oh <laughs> and I ask uh, a
1: question. Sure.
0: Now I know the Outbacks around that era maybe it's a little late had a two-tone scheme.
1: Mm, this it's, one is not a two-tone. It's
0: not a two-tone. Okay.
1: This one is yeah, at the time the Turbo XT is the was one of their top trims. Black on black leather interior, so. heated seats, moonroof. Um it's it's great. So purchased it i'm gonna go and title it tomorrow but oh the funny story is here that we've been you know looking for cars kind of beach mobiles for the past few months here found this one on craigslist looked it up found out i know the owner from old quirky.com whoa (laughs) how random is that yeah total coincidence 100% 100% wow. coincidence. I'm on wow. Craigslist looking for sweet cars. I find one, and I, and I realize that the person now, I'm interacting with.
0: Is mm-hmm. it a thing where you saw the car and you were like, oh, Chet used to have one of those when I worked at quirky.com. I no. always admired it. Maybe I should check out this vehicle. But it was like, no.
1: Totally random. I just wow. was looking up the VIN record on it, doing some due diligence on the uh, on the vehicle, and I saw some Associated Records, and I was like, "This is it." And then I did you message them? Yeah, I'm like friends with this person through Quirky. Quirky was small enough; like I knew everybody there. Wow. I just matched him on Instagram. I was like, "Hey, dude, super random. I think we're talking about a car sale on Craigslist right now."
0: And he was like, "Are are you?" 62829355556 two, five, five, underscore <laughs> six, 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 five, five,
1: six, at Craigslist.com <laughs> That's me. <sweet>. That's me. <laughs> so anyway, it was great. Yeah, it was like random and like super cool to be able to reconnect with an old quirky.com person um via the people's platform. But car itself is uh Pretty sweet, super low miles. Nice. So for an eight, eighteen year old car, it's only got it's got less than fifty thousand miles.
0: Dude, did you take it to a mechanic to get it? Because you have to, right? Within ten days,
1: um, you to get the inspection.
0: Yeah, you gotta get the inspection done.
1: Yeah, I can I can get that done, but I'm yeah. gonna go and title it tomorrow, put a plate on it, and uh, go from there.
0: Yeah. Incredible! Yeah. Incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, once I,
0: they tell you you got to do it within ten days. Just find some like you got to find the right crooks for your inspection. Yeah.
1: You know yeah. what I mean? it will pass. I mean, it has a current. Uh, yeah. Current tags and everything.
0: Sick. All right, man.
1: That's a hell of a shout
0: out. I'm proud of you for getting a new car. I'm not as proud of you for not getting a Baja, which you uh-huh. should have gotten. <laughs>
1: Yeah, this is the same vintage and honestly, like, is in better condition than any Baja that I could have secured. Yeah, the Bajas
0: are, like, they're tough. They're either, like, rotten to hell or, like, Mm -hmm. very expensive. Yeah. So I'm just looking up a picture of a 2004. Oh, yeah. Sorry,
1: I can send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. Thing. if it comes with a uh
0: it's got the turbo
1: yeah highly desirable yeah i'll send it you over it as a as a friggin hood scoop oh i was wondering <laughs> i just saw a picture
0: of one <laughs> that's awesome it's a good yeah no that's solid bro um if you want to see a picture of daryl's subaru i think can we post it on the instagram
1: uh, you can post this one. Yeah, it doesn't have a plate. All right, so that one has a plate on it. But, so I'll, maybe I'll don't delete. Post I'll,
0: I'll I'll black it out.
1: Yeah, you can black it out. Um, once I put up, yeah, once I put a new plate on it, I can take pictures of it on my street. But those did it come the with the day.
0: the roller roof rack?
1: Oh yeah, comes no. with the roof rack. And I don't know if you can see it, but on the front it has like a mini bar, like a mini bar right on top of the license plate. That's. Oh, I think yeah. that's to that's to deter um, parallel, parallel parkers from uh, backing I mean, into you. <clears throat>
0: Listen, <laughs> if you live in New York, parallel parking is just kind of a squishy operation, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I can't... I've hit countless bumpers. And you know what? I assume people hit, hit me when they're parallel parking. You just do it yeah. a little bit, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like whatever. You got to squeeze in. It's like, give me a break. Anyway... Um, well, if you want to see a picture, we're gonna post that on the Instagram at Nolt Podcast. No, that's not it. It's no one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We are at Nolt Podcast on Twitter.com. Uh if you wanna tweet at us or follow us, follow us. Give us a follow. And um let's see, no one likes to tune podcast at gmail.com. We rate and review us on Apple Podcast. Um Wherever you catch your pods, throw us a review. That'd be cool. And uh, we're no we're patreon.com slash no one likes to tune up podcast. Now, Daryl, couple of things. Mm-hmm. One, we're gonna be posting pretty soon our episode on crank. Crank one. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil the episode for everybody, <laughs> but I'm not gonna spoil it. Yeah. Go listen to it. Um uh if so if you wanna th- Listen to that. Throw us a buck. You can get it as a feed directly into your phone like every other podcast if you want to do that. Um, we also gonna put up we put up our in-betweener polls on there. uh and you can vote on some stuff. Now, this episode is one ninety-five. Our two hundredth <laughs> episode is coming up, and I'm not gonna spoil what it's gonna be now. Uh-huh. But we got some pretty big plans in the works for episode 200. I don't know if they're big, but they're plans.
1: Okay. Okay. They're
0: plans. So look forward to that. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you rate us. My name's Nick Sarah.
1: I'm Daryl Long. We're signing off. I'm done with this.